Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, bless you. So lovely to be here. It's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And uh, I just bless the Lord for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And uh, when you got born again, I got born again. We received the love, nature, power of God, measure of faith. And uh, He lives in and through us. Amen. And uh, I'm so glad that there is the joy of Jesus, and the joy of Jesus um, sends the devils running. And uh, when we rejoice in the Lord, uh, for many years I wondered what rejoice meant until I studied it out. I think it was Watchman Nee's teaching. He said, you know, when your football team wins the game and you get that touchdown, uh, everybody jumps up in the, the, the stadium, isn't that right? And they rejoice. And uh, we've seen Jesus win the battle, defeat the devil, defeat the grave. Glory to Jesus. And the grave now has no sting. Death has no victory. But what a joy it is to be with you today. And uh, just so honored. And uh, just felt the love of God and worship for this house. Um, I don't know if you realize this, but you are God's jewels, Malachi tells us. And I see the Lord polishing jewels because of what he's going to be doing um, in and through this body. And uh, some of you are going to go to nations. Um, I know this might not be a very exciting word, but some will lay down their life in uh, nations. And uh, that's what's happening around the world right now. It's been a burden on my heart in terms of praying for those that are bound as if bound with them. And if you study Open Doors ministry, ministries like that, you will see those that are being persecuted for the gospel. And uh, Jesus did say in the book of Revelation, he said, be faithful unto death and I'll give you the crown of life. And I'll touch on some of that today. But what an honor to be here. What an honor to be once again with uh, Apostle uh, Uri and Amanda. And uh, they're just so hospitable. It just blesses me. And uh, they have inspired me. I talk about them uh, where we go around in terms of what happened here. What a miracle to come into this whole community and to find that God knows what he's doing in terms of who he's saving and who he wants to use apostolically and to have this beautiful jewel of a ministry right in the middle of uh, everything that lies around and to hear, as we did last year, the wonderful testimonies and apostles' testimony. So let's just go to prayer and then I'm going to ask my lovely wife to come and sing. She has a CD which she'll tell you about, but let's just bow before the Lord. Father, I just thank you today for the wonders of your person. I thank you for the wonders of your presence. I thank you that in your presence is the fullness of joy. Lord, your mercies are renewed every morning. And we thank you that you daily load us with benefits. We thank you for the power of your word today. And I thank you, Lord, that you've anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those that are bruised. We thank you, Lord, for the jubilee that you are restoring to your people that which rightfully belongs to you and the family of God. I thank you that your word will have free access today, like the sword of the Spirit. Lord, that it will penetrate. Lord, that it will set free. Lord, that it will be food to the hungry, that your sheep will be fed and strengthened in the name of Jesus. And in advance, we give you, Lord, all the praise, all the honor and the glory for signs, wonders, and miracles that follow the preaching of your word and the foolishness of preaching. Lord, I know I'm nothing without you, but in you I'm complete. And so, Lord, I step into that place of authority over demons, principalities, and powers, and I render you paralyzed. You desist in every maneuver, and I release the power of God today. Every spirit of infirmity canceled, every germ, Lord, we declare, will die in the name of Jesus, even under the preaching of your word. And everybody said, Amen. Well, hallelujah. Well, my darling wife's coming. She's my beautiful girl, and we... Uh, our grandparents, we won't take much time, but she'll tell you more. And, uh, yes, we'll I go won't to the take preaching. much time. I will be quick, 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 quick. But get ready. Get ready. Next level. It's next level. God's stirring. God's doing. He has purposes that are unfailing and plans that reign supreme. And I just, I just heard, my love, can I say quickly? I'll talk as fast as I can. I'm just going to. 
Okay, you got it all. Okay, I'm just joking. Um, I, I, I just hear, and I, it really got sparked when I saw a little mom yesterday with twin girls of four and two other little girls. I don't remember her name, but I just got sparked here in this place just to tell the moms that you are doing an awesome job. God just expects you to do your best and he'll do the rest. And there's some moms that feel that they're just not enough, that they just haven't done enough, that they failed in certain areas. And I'm just hearing God say, you are raising giant killers that children that are born in this time have not been born by the will of man. Children born and children raised in this time are the purpose and the plan of God and when when you birth them for God, remember He's going to help you. He's going to lead you. He's going to give you double for your trouble and there's mothers that have been through a very, very hard time and I hear God saying, I'm paying you back. I'm paying you back. Those children who look like they're wayward, those grandchildren who look like they're not going to survive there's turnaround coming there's changes happening because and there's mothers who even feel ashamed and I hear God saying instead of shame you will receive a double portion instead you in everything you forfeited God's going to give you back because it's payback time and God is a God of reckoning and he reckons you're good and you you're doing better than you think moms you're doing better than you think hallelujah I got that out let me let me just say um just before we left South Africa there was a doctor in our church who said, because our children are all musicians. Our son is a cellist and a bass player and a piano player and a singer. And our daughter is a rock drummer and a singer. And our son-in-law is a, a, a guitarist and I play piano. And my darling sings. He doesn't tell you, but he sings very well. So we, we just, and my mom was an opera singer. So we're just all musicians. And, and just before we left, um, we actually thought we were going back. We were just coming for a conference. And just before we left, this doctor in our church said, this band must record. Record. And I said to him, no, some bands are called to record, others aren't. I recorded when my kids were small, um, but it was just vocal. But these two, he wanted the band recording. I said to him, please go ask God again. And anyway, so he went to ask God again, put the money on the table and said, go record. So we had a week, exactly a week. So you're here, our family. I, I really, I really, I really, I'm just feeling to, to it, the song is called Take the City. But it was born out of a sermon, my darling has. So, and we wrote the music that's on there too. Touching God in places and, and just getting songs that I actually never planned or thought I would sing to anybody or record for anybody. But God just decided that they're his, so he wants them recorded. And so we had this week and, and we did a, where, where you're just touching God. So this, this song was born out of a sermon about taking the city, about, about reaching the lost because God's heart is nations. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue belongs to God. And that's on his heart. And Sam was preaching that the one day, and I just got the song. So here we go. Take the city. Thank you so much. Our son is on the cello. Warfare strings. Sorry, could you start that again, please, and put it right up. You can give us a bit more. This is warfare, my brother. You're anointed for the city where the heart beat of God. The gospel will be preached to each and every home by the power of the Holy Ghost. We'll take the land from coast to coast, shine a light into the night and reap because the harvest is ripe. With mighty signs and wonders, we'll preach the living word. Breaking chains of darkness, we open prison doors because the gospel is the power of God. The earth is His, every part. Ask Him for the nations, Jesus said. Yes, the harvest is ripe. Praying for the laborers, this is our finest hour earnestly desire the nine gifts of power with supernatural interventions holy ghost administrations just take off those limitations yeah because the harvest is ripe nothing can stop what God is doing now, put in your plow. 
Yes, preach the word now. Mighty fine wonders. It's in your heart and in your mouth. Just speak to every mountain. It's just got to depart. The gospel is the power of God. The earth is His. Every part. Asking for the nations, Jesus said. The harvest is ripe. 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 Oh, it's ripe. Hallelujah. Nothing's going to stop you from doing what God's called you to do. Nothing can hold you back. There's no chain that can hold you back. I'm just going to do one more. This one talks about revelation. And um, um, there's one thing Paul prayed, and he said, I always pray. And when the Word of God says always, then I want to take a good look. And he said, I always pray that God give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your heart flooded with light that you'll know and understand the hope of His calling and how rich is His inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness, the, the overwhelming power that is that the seeming gravest of his power towards those who believe that he demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength when he raised Jesus from the dead and so I was at my piano just singing to God and the next thing God started singing back to me you know God sings Zephaniah God sings songs of deliverance he, he sings songs that deal with your afflictions Hallelujah. If you carry on reading, it says, I'll deal with your afflictors. I'll save the limping. I'll bring in the outcast. That's who God, that's the song God sings. So he started singing back to me. And when I took the song to the producer, he said, where's the chorus? Where's the verse? I said, I don't, I have no idea. It just, this song takes a walk. So let's take a walk together. Thank you. Last one. That's a good song. Where is he? He's not here and he's speaking. Sorry, it is called Revelation Song. Lord, I ask for revelation. Of the beauty of the sun A heart to know His lovely person Love that is real Transforming the soul Oh, impart to my heart How He feels Reveal to my eyes how he sees his beautiful eyes, the emotions of God. God reveal God to my heart. Lord, I ask for revelation. God, I know it's the kisses of your words. Unveil the beauty, pour forth his name. His love is better than the sweetest wine. Oh, impart to my heart how it feels. Reveal to my eyes how he sees his emotion for me. That anointing of love, a groom awakened by his bride. 
This is what he sang back to me. There's so much I want to show you, so much I want to reveal. There's so much I want you to see. Come up higher with me to a new place, a new place. I said, God, how do I get to a new place? Said three things. Casting all of your cares. Just release the weight. For I care for you always. Soaring, exploring new realms. Number two. Knowing the truth. Pray without cease, come higher, higher, higher. Praying in the spirit and a brand new tongue, don't stop at the door. Press in for more. Praying in the spirit and a brand new tongue, the anointing to see. The anointing to know, you'll find it praying in the spirit and a brand new tongue. It's the glory realm, glory realm. Hallelujah. Now you know why I don't get headaches. I'll just let her sing to me and now everything gets healed. In fact, Zell popped three discs in her neck, both sides. Now, I popped one on one side. That was agony. I was picking up, picking up a church sign and uh, I popped this disc in my neck. And I'll tell you, that was agony. Well, she popped three and um, cut a long story short, we went to the specialist and they said, we have to operate. I said, but she's a singer. Um, can you do it from the back? And he said, no, we have to go from the front. Only very elderly people, they sometimes will do an operation from the back of the neck. But um, he said, we have to do this. Well, we took a second opinion and uh, they booked for Zell to go in and she said, I'm not going in for the op. I thought, oh, hang on, I've been to hospitals as a pastor. I've seen people paralyzed from the neck down. You don't play with the neck and uh, the nerves in the neck. But she said to me, I've heard God and I'm going to stand on his word and cut a long story short here as she is today. And she's singing to the glory of God. So we've seen miracles. Hallelujah. And uh, I've seen Jesus heals many different ways. And uh, I want to encourage you today. I'm not going to be uh, uh, per se just going in terms of preaching for miracles. But miracles do happen in our meetings. When we came in 2019, two little blind boys saw. And then there was the prophetic word for us to come to America. And so I've seen many miracles through the years. And just under the preaching of the word, wherever you are, just open your heart to the Holy Spirit and let him move. His anointings destroy the yokes. We had Vili Conradi. He had those thick spectacles like uh, the bottom of the old milk bottles. And um, he was sitting in the service and thought, what's going on? I can't see through my spectacles. Took them off and he was healed just sitting there. So just be open because the, he sent his word and healed them. And I found the healing word heals. Glory to Jesus. I can talk about different miracles. I cracked, cracked my sternum going down the Alps in Switzerland, hit a pole, and uh, they said with a broken sternum, they just can't do anything to fix that. Well, God gave a word of knowledge through a preacher, went forward and instantly healed. Didn't feel anything, but I was just healed. And since we've been in America, we're pleased to say we still see God doing miracles, signs, and wonders. And then just flowing in terms of the apostolic prophetic, I sat with uh, Apostle Uri yesterday, and I saw clearly, and he said it was a confirmation. I like prophetic words to confirm. 
You understand, we live not like the Old Testament prophet. We don't go to prophets for direction. We hear the voice of the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't follow the voice of a stranger. So when a prophet prophesies, it needs to be confirmation, I believe. New Testament prophets confirm. So when we were sitting in the car with Apostle Yuri yesterday, I said, I just see, you know, you as a Joseph, and it said that Joseph bow went over the wall, a fruitful bow, and I read the chapter to him, in terms of confirmation. Along with that, I said to him, I said, Apostle Uri, I'm hearing this for you and some of your leaders in particular in terms of the authority of God. How many of you know God has given us his authority? And uh, he's delegated his authority to us. He's given us power of attorney. He said, all power, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go ye therefore, and in my name you will cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up anything deadly, it will not harm you. You will lay hands on the sick, and the Lord worked with them as they went out preaching the word. And so what I saw clearly, and I submitted to you as a body, God is raising, this is an apostolic house. There's a kingly anointing in the house. I felt it in the worship last time I was here as well. There's a kingly anointing. The kingdom of God has come, and the kingdom of God doesn't come by observation. The kingdom of God is within you because the king is within you. Hallelujah. And uh, the king's authority is yours. And so Jesus, I believe, is releasing this church to a new place of authority and power. So don't fear the devil, don't fear situations, don't fear circumstances, but as you take authority in the name of Jesus, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so just to take the authority, authority has to be taken. The devil won't give it to you. You know, you have a little dog there and uh, you want it to leave and if you say, get outside, that dog will just wag his tail. But you say, get, and he's gone. And the Bible says you submit to God and you resist the devil and the devil will flee. He will run, come one way and flee seven ways uh, before you. And so I believe God is calling the house to a place of authority and uh, God is wanting you, beloved, to move into dimensions with him that uh, you've hitherto experienced in measure. But like Zelly said, with a greater, greater revelation, we are moving to a new place in God. Now, I want to keep this as short as possible today. What I normally do is teach what I'm teaching today and ministering uh, in conferences. And we normally go two, three, four days to cover the material. But I'm simply going to give you the headlines. And as you study uh, the wonderful uh, epistle to the Colossians, I believe God will quicken it to you in terms of who Jesus is. You'll know that they came to Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say Elijah, some say this, some say that. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father who is in heaven. Hallelujah. And so God needs to reveal to us who Jesus is because, you know, pastoring over the years, uh, well, you might not know it, but I'm over 70 now. I'm not retiring. You don't retire, you refire. And so I've been in the ministry over 40 years now and uh, seen churches grow and had teams and trained young pastors and so on. And I had one young pastor, I called him in, I the elders and leaders, and I said, I want you to tell me what God looks like. What is God like to you? Well, one had been a dancer and uh, every time we had praise and worship, he would dance up and down the back. In fact, he'd been in a strip club here in America and got gloriously saved. But he was a dancer. And so <laughs> he's sitting there in a meeting and I'm asking the different men, what is God like to you and what is Jesus like? And he tells me, no, God has a top hat and a cane and he comes off the throne and he likes dancing. I thought, oh, Lord Jesus, I need to do some equipping here of these young pastors. <laughs> and so we worked on that one. And uh, so, beloved, I, I don't know what you've had in terms of Jesus and, as Zelly saying today, a revelation of who Jesus is because Jesus has to come by revelation. Unless God reveals himself to us, we lost. 
He's the invisible, the immortally only wise God. And we know that the Bible tells us that God keeps secrets and there's certain secrets that he has now revealed and we'll touch on today. In times past, he spoke via angels and the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us, Hebrews 1 tells us, via his son. And he said to the son, Now thy throne, O God, O thy throne, O God. God said to God, and David said, The Lord said unto my Lord, glory to Jesus, the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make all your enemies your footstool. So I don't know how you see Jesus, but Jesus, when we study the scriptures, beloved, and as God reveals Jesus to us, things change. It was the great Charles Finney who had the revivals here in America when he would go into a place. The convicting power of God was so strong that factories closed down. Father Nash would go ahead of him to cities to pray. And the power of God, that breakthrough anointing would come and break those cities open and many would get saved, delivered, healed and set free. And so they came to Charles Finney and they said to him, tell us, why is it that your people stand firm? Why is it that over 80% of your people stay true to Jesus? Is it because of the mighty demonstrations of power that came with your preaching? And he said, no, he said, that's not it. He says, I want to tell you, I taught my people and prayed and led them to know Jesus, not only as Savior, not only as Deliverer, but you can read his materials, 54 relationships of God to the believer. You know, when Moses came out of Egypt, you'll know the story how that they made that golden calf. God wanted to destroy them. Moses stands in the gap and says, Lord, please, rather blot my name out of the book than take the people away. What will the nation say? And so God said, okay, continue. I'll send an angel with you. Well, Moses said, no, an angel, not good enough. Father, unless your presence goes with us, I cannot go. Pastoring two to three million people, can you imagine? Unless your presence goes with us, I can't go. Lord said, okay, my presence will go with you. And then Moses did a very interesting thing. Moses said, well, now, Father, thank you. But now, Lord, between you and me, will you show me Will you reveal to me? Will you show me your glory? Oh, the Bible says the people of God, or Israel, knew the acts of God. They knew the miracles, but Moses knew his ways. Beloved, in these days, God is wanting you to know his ways, his will and his ways, and he's wanting to reveal himself to you. And I thank God for the visitations I've had where the Lord's come and shown me that he's my friend, my covenant brother, sat with me in my car, and I had a visitation about two months ago, or less than that, where the Lord showed me that he is my brother, the firstborn from many brethren. You'll know that, and we are heirs together and co-heirs with Jesus before the throne of God. So Holy Spirit is wanting to reveal Jesus to you, beloved, and we're going to talk about that today. And as we read Colossians, if you look at Colossians, I'll just read uh, quite a long and then I'll just preach it as you can look up the scriptures later from verse 15 of Colossians 1. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by Him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister." 
I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in, in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but has now been revealed to his saints, to them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery amongst the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man mature, every woman mature, perfect in Christ Jesus. And to this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me uh, mightily. Glory to Jesus. May the Lord add his blessing to his word. Now, beloved, as we think about creation, I want you to just think about the fact that we have a star. Uh, the sun is a million times bigger than the earth. We have a star called Betelgeuse, which is a million times bigger than our sun. Isn't that something? And then as you go out into the galaxies, we're told that there are suns. One sun alone has millions of suns within it. So when I talk about creation, it boggles my mind. And yet God is not just inhabiting creation itself. He's beyond creation. He's from eternity past. And when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about Christ, we need to understand who we're talking about because we sing about Jesus, we witness to the world about Jesus, we talk about Jesus, we use his name in prayer, but the Holy Spirit is wanting us to understand who we're actually talking about because nothing thrills the heart of the Holy Spirit more than seeing Jesus manifest and revealing Jesus. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will not speak from himself, but he will only take that which is mine, said Jesus, and he he will show that to you. The Holy Spirit is wanting the church to come back to a place of understanding who Jesus is. For as Paul said here, this mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is what this whole thing is all about. And so when I talk about Jesus, I wish we had more time and we could just meditate on what it means to say that he created all things. All things were created by him or through him and for him. So you can talk about the stars, the sun, the moon, the galaxies. You can talk about the rolling spheres in terms of everything that's on this earth. Understand that it was created by Him, the Word, for in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Hallelujah. The living Word of God framed all things. And so Father purposed it, the Son framed it, and the Holy Spirit moving upon the waters manifested it, and we have this beautiful home of love called the earth, Mother Earth we call her, and uh, we live here, and we live off the beautiful land, all created by this wonderful Christ. I don't know how you see Jesus. But the mind tells me that he came down the Milky Way of time and you'll know came into the arena of human affairs, laid aside his deity and he limited himself to time and space. But just before he left the earth, he said, Father, I thank you that you will, I'm going to share my glory with my people. And he said, I'm about to go away, Father. And when I come, I will once again, once again, share the glory which I had with you before the foundation of the earth. The Bible says that Christ shared the glory of God. Though equal with God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant, and became obedient even to the death of the cross. Jesus was limited by time and space, but the Bible says he died, the last Adam. The first Adam had sinned and brought sin and sickness and disease and every other diabolical deed of the devil into operation on the planet. But this Jesus, the last Adam, defeated the devil, though tempted in all points like as we are, he never sinned and defeated the devil on every side, took back the keys of hell and death, and now the Bible says he has raised a life-giving spirit. And we one day, beloved, will be just like him, wherefore we shall see him as he is. Now we are the children of God, hallelujah, and the sons of God, but it doth not yet appear what we shall be like, for we shall see him as he is. And so God has begun a work in you, but the work of the one that's working in you is the creator of all the universe. And yet we come, there's somebody here with a nasal problem. 
Somebody else at the back of the neck, you've had a whiplash. Just receive as we're preaching today. Nasal breathing problem, just receive. This Jesus, what's it for him to heal a nose or straighten out a bone or put sight back in blinded eyes or cause music to be heard in deaf ears? It's nothing for God. All things are possible to this God for he created all things. He made Adam out of the dirt of the earth and now this Jesus is faithful unto death, fulfills the law in every jot and tittle, and he rises again the third day, ascends to the right hand of the Father, having said all power, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me, and all things will be possible to those who believe. Only believe, for without faith it's impossible to please God, and he that comes to God must believe that he exists, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I remember the day God dealt with me and that said, if you're going to deal with me, you understand God doesn't have to prove his existence. The Bible tells us just believe it. He that comes to God must believe. Now, which God are we believing in? Because I don't believe anymore in the God just that was, though I was, or I'm going to be. I believe in the I am. He's here today. Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and he's never left. And he's here to confirm the word with signs and wonders following. And he has the same Creative. He is the unchangeable God, beloved. He has the same power to create as he's always had. So you need a creative miracle. You need a creative situation. God will create it for you. In fact, one scripture, if you look at the Greek, Jesus said, if it doesn't exist, I will create it for you. I mean, he caused rain, bread to rain out of heaven, didn't he? Hallelujah. It's nothing for God to stop the rain, turn on the rain through his prophets as he did in the Old Testament. He is the almighty God. Oh, the almighty, the altogether wonderful who dwells in unapproachable light, the unchangeable, the immortal, only wise God. And Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. And so firstly, we need an appreciation of Christ and his preeminence, beloved, in the universe, in everything that's created. If you look at Colossians, it says not only was everything created by him and for him or through him and for him, but by him all things consist. The whole world is held together by the word of his power. We talk about the power of politicians, the power of this executive or that executive or this king or that king. I want you to know this Jesus is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Hallelujah. And his word will not return void and his word will stand. His word is unchangeable, incorruptible, and it stands forever. I am the Lord your God and I change not. And so we see clearly, beloved, that through all creation, Colossians 1.16, for by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. The invisible, the angels, think about it. The invisible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Glory to Jesus. You and I were created for Jesus. And Satan has tried to steal Hallelujah. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Holy Spirit has come to prepare a bride, and we're heading for that wonderful marriage supper of the Lamb where we will spend all eternity with God. Glory to Jesus in a new heaven and a new earth. Now, beloved, when we come to the preaching of the gospel then, we saw and we see that God talks about mysteries, mysterious things. God had a secret. And so when you read your Old Testament, you see symbols and types and you see sacrificial lamb and you see the bulls and the goats being sacrificed. You see the whole tabernacle and the temple and you wonder what all this pattern is about. If you understand, we don't have time to go, to go into it, but the temple, the tabernacle, Moses was told to build after the pattern of the heavenly tabernacle. The Garden of Eden was in fact a temple. Isn't that wonderful? And we can go through all the types and symbols there. And so was the tabernacle. And uh, so was the temple. That pattern is Christ. When we come to the word of God, beloved, we got to look for Christ. After Jesus rose again, he said to those disciples, a clear person, the other one, he said, now listen, he started to open up everything that concerned him and Moses and the prophets and all the way through scriptures. So God was hiding the secret. God was keeping this mystery. And they would go about their different feasts and all the things that they would do as the Jewish people, as God had chosen his man Abraham, now Isaac, Jacob, as you know, 
and the wonderful tribe and Moses now having received the pattern. If you take the book of Revelation, by the way, and you lie it down, you will see the high priest standing there amongst the candelabra in chapter one all the way to the end of the book where you'll see length, breadth, and height, the square just like the Holy of Holies. You can lay your whole scripture down and you will see that Jesus is the purpose, Jesus is the pattern, and Jesus is the provision. If you and I are going to understand our Bible, it needs to be Christocentric. The only way we'll ever understand the Bible is to look at it through Jesus' eyes. And God is calling us as the church beloved to think like Jesus thinks. We ought to think on what savings are true and noble and pure and righteous and lovely and praiseworthy. We ought to think like God thinks. We ought to put on the mind of Christ and think like Jesus thinks. We are to do what Jesus wants us to do and why he came. He came for you and he came for me. Now, when Paul talks about Christ, beloved, he says this is a mystery. Even the disciples that walked with Jesus didn't understand. Peter tried to stop Jesus going to the cross, and Jesus had to rebuke that devil that was trying to distract him from pursuing, for he had set his face, as you know, as a flint to go to the cross, and he despised that shame. Isn't that wonderful? For you and I, Jesus came, and he bled and died so that there could be a mighty exchange. The Christian life is not just a changed life. The Christian life is an exchanged life. We got to get a hold of that. Those were old types and those were old shadows. When Moses lifted up the rod in the, in the wilderness, as you know, lifted up that serpent, what happened as, as they looked at that? They were healed. That was a type of the true substance. The true substance being the Christ on the cross of Calvary. Christ is the substance. And so when we talk about the Word of God, understand, somebody said it's like cooking rice. There's the raw, uh, there's the raw uh, Logos Word, if you like. But when we cook the rice, it comes alive, the Rhema Word. And we need Jesus to be revealed for Holy Spirit to take our Bible reading and our Bible study to show us who Christ is. And we know that when Moses came down the mountain, his face shone, but that glory passing away, 2 Corinthians 3 tells us that there's another glory, a far greater glory. And we are being changed from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. You are being changed from glory to glory as you behold who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you. The foundation to the Christian life is understanding who Christ is. The foundation of the Christian life is a revelation of Jesus so that you are not trying to operate in your own limited human ability. Done that for years. And Paul had to say to the Galatians, you guys started well. You received by faith. He that works miracles amongst you and supplies the Spirit. Galatians 3, 5. How does he do it? He says he does it by faith. And now you guys are trying to do this thing by your own strength. Who has bewitched you? Who's taken away the revelation of the fact that it's not just a changed life. It's not living and keeping a set of rules anymore. It's not an external thing. It's an internal thing. There's a mystery, God's secret, and that secret is you cannot do it. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. With you it is impossible, but once I come and live through you, all things are possible. Christ in you, beloved, the hope of glory. That's God's secret, and Paul had to manifest this. Can you imagine here he was keeping the law, the tribe of Benjamin, Pharisee of the Pharisees, had letters to, to, to kill the Christians, and all of a sudden this glorious Christ knocks him off the, his horse, brighter than the noonday sun, and for three days he's blinded. God had to deal with the external in Paul. God has to deal with the external laws and the keeping of the law in our own strength. And here Paul for three days is blind. I wonder what happened in that time when now he suddenly realized, who was that? Who are you? Who, what do you mean kick against the pricks? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus that you've persecuted. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Now let me show you some things, Paul. And I believe God began to reveal. This is an internal revelation that came. The Holy Spirit began to deal with him. 
And in that time he was changed. While he couldn't see what was going on, I tell you, his internal eyes were alive. If you look at Luke 16, you'll see the rich man went to hell and he saw. And he said, let him dip his finger in the tongue. Your spirit man can see. Your spirit man can hear. Your spirit man can smell. Your spirit man can touch. Glory to Jesus. Your spiritual man has senses. And Paul in this time, beloved, here he is as God is dealing with him. And I don't know, but this man had sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He knew the scriptures. And all of a sudden, it must have been said, this is who the Messiah was. I've been persecuting the Messiah and his body. What is this all about? And God begins to unfold that mystery. And Paul, as you know, went away three years and then another 14 years because he had to process everything that he had learned. I don't look to the natural. I love the Jews. I've taken trips to Israel five times. The Jewish people, I believe, are so precious to God. The gospel's to the Jew first. But I don't go to an unsaved, the Jewish rabbi, to tell me about Jesus. You've got to understand, beloved, this is revelation. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the things of the kingdom. Unless God reveals Christ to you, you cannot see it. So I love them and I respect them. But it's us that needs to be preaching the gospel to the Jew, not the Jew telling us how to believe. And I see people getting sucked into this stuff. We need the living Christ. And Paul said, uh, he said the Lord in Galatians 1, you'll see there that he said the Lord called me and formed me in my mother's womb. And he called me so that he could reveal his son in me. We need a revelation of who Christ is in us, beloved. Christ in us, the hope of glory. When you got born again and you received Jesus Christ, the living Christ came to live within you. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And the Bible tells us that we are to pray to the Father in Ephesians 3, and we are to pray for the Father of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant us to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. We need a revelation of Jesus, and we need our hearts prepared for the Holy Spirit. The things of the Spirit are foolishness to those that perish, but to us who are born again and have received Christ, we have, hallelujah, Holy Spirit to show us. And so Paul begins to talk about it. And he says, listen, what I need you to get and what I need you to understand is, and what I'm praying for, is that you will understand that Christ is your life. Oh, my brother, my sister, get a hold of this. You see, Paul had tried to live by the law. It was an external thing that he was doing. But God had to show him, Paul, you can't do it. You cannot keep the law in your own strength. And I'm not looking for that kind of righteousness. Listen very carefully now. Nothing pleases God other than Jesus. I can fast and pray until I'm a toothpick. I can give everything I've ever earned to the church. I can help every old lady across the street. Please listen to me today. It doesn't mount to a hill of beans. My righteousness is as filthy rags. I thought that only applied to the old, to the, before I was saved. It's still that way. Even my good works, if they're not God works, they good ideas and not God ideas. Everything needs to come out. The Greek word there's ek, out of. The kingdom is that which comes out of God. Jesus said, I'm ek, I've come out of the Father. And what he's looking for is he said, listen, I'm in the Father, the Father in me. The works that you're seeing is my Father living in and through me. And so Paul began to say, listen, I've now got a revelation. He who knew no sin was made sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm no longer now captivated by way of a righteousness which comes through the law, but I am believing glory to Jesus on Jesus for my righteousness. He is my life. If I've got to live righteously before God, the only thing I can bring in my hands is Jesus. As I preach to you today, I've got nothing in myself to offer other than Jesus. Jesus is your righteousness. Jesus is who we're offering to the world. The world want to see Jesus, beloved. That's what the world are hungry for. They came to the disciples. They didn't say, let me show me who this Peter is. Show me who John is. Show me who James is. They said, we want to see Jesus. And it's still the way today.
The church, beloved, needs to get a hold of this, that we have got to display Jesus to the world because the only answer is the ruler of the kings of the earth, is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is our life. I wish I could enlarge on this today. Paul got down in Galatians 4.19. He says, I travail again in birth. I'm pregnant with this thing. I'm travailing again in birth until Christ is formed in you. Christ needs to be formed in us. Then Christ needs to dwell in us. The Bible says that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Not just a, a lodger. You know, some people, you look, they're born again, but Jesus is like a lodger. It was Dr. Paul Young Cho said, the Lord said to him one day, would you just ignore your wife? He said, no, I wouldn't ignore my wife. I live with her. He says, well, then why do you ignore me? I live with you. Holy Spirit, why do you ignore the Holy Spirit? Why do you ignore Jesus? Why don't you talk to me and fellowship with me? Beloved, Jesus is wanting to live within us. And I know I'm speaking to the choir here. I'm speaking to a church that understand this. But Peter said, "By I want to stir your pure minds by way of remembrance. I want you to remember. The cow needs to remember she was once a calf. If you go to Peter, he says, don't forget where God has brought you from. He said, many have forgotten it. Where's that first love? That first love was all about Jesus. I couldn't stop talking about Jesus. I mean, I nearly lost my job at the time because all I wanted to talk about was Jesus. And I went to the director and I said, I want you to change our canteen where you feed the people and I want you to put a prayer room in there for me, please. He looked at me like I'd crawled out of cheese. But the bottom line was I couldn't stop talking about Jesus. We preached Jesus in the morning, Jesus at lunchtime. If I picked up a hitchhiker, I sang, come let us sing till the power of the Lord comes down. That hitchhiker wanted to jump out that car. You must understand. We were so on fire, we burned holes in the seats. It was all about Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Then what happens is you start getting into ministry and you, God starts using you in different ways. And I won't go into my whole history. I don't have time here today. But beloved, when I sat at the top of the pile, over a thousand churches worldwide, listen to me carefully. I still found the only thing that thrilled me was Jesus speaking to me. The sound of his voice, the sweetness of that breath upon my face. Nothing satisfies, nothing satisfies like Jesus. Some rejoice in their strength and others in their riches, but the Lord says there'll be those that will rejoice in the fact that they know me. Oh, we've got to know him in the power of his resurrection. Christ dwelling in us, living in us, speaking in us, walking in us. I wish I had more time to enlarge on all this. Oh, my darling brother, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. And the joy that we share... As we tarry there, none other has ever known. That's what Christianity is about. Christianity is Christianity. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. And that's what Paul said. He said, oh, I'm travailing that he will, you'll be, He'll be formed in you. And he said, you're going to be glorified together with Him. You are glory carriers. You are the virtuous bride. The virtue of God is in you. And I'm telling you, one day that marriage supper of the Lamb, we're going to walk down that aisle. Hallelujah. We already are being prepared, a wife being prepared, but walk down the arm of Him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. As the church, we will be the Queen of queens. And we will rule and reign with Him forever. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Now I can talk about the church. You see, the problem in the church is you've got too many heads. You understand, Apostle and I have the same head. And God wants to bring the church back to that, the perfect van in Ephesians 4. I don't have one head and he has another head. God is not a monster. We are members of the body of Christ. And Holy Spirit is bringing this back. And sometimes it does take persecution. And you look at what's happening in some of these countries where Christians are giving their lives, man, being beheaded. People tell me that's in the tribulation. Well, I don't know what this is if it's not tribulation. Jesus said, in the world you'll suffer tribulation for my name's sake, but be faithful unto death and you'll receive the crown of life. Beloved, the only thing that'll get us through is Jesus. And if I had time, we could enlarge, we'd meditate on it. He is the head of the church. And to him be the preeminence in the church, Paul said. I've learned this whole thing is about Jesus. And after writing epistles and after 30 years of preaching the gospel, he says, oh, that I may know him. 
that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Everything else I count but rubbish that I may be found in Christ not having my own righteousness. He is my life. He's the head of the church. And as the body of Christ, beloved, we need to bring the head to the fore. The Holy Spirit is wanting us to tell the world about Jesus. The Holy Spirit is wanting the church to display Jesus. We are kingdom people. Glory to Jesus. Somebody said it's the gospel of grace. Another said the gospel of the kingdom. It's both. But I like to say it this way. I heard a young worship leader in our church said, I don't know if she knew what she was saying. She said, uh, the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus. Can you see the church, all of us together across the world carrying Jesus? We carry our sports people on our shoulders. Listen, somebody said, if Shakespeare walked into the room, I'd stand to my feet. But if Jesus walked into the room, I'd fall on my face as dead. Jesus, the head of the church, unto him be the preeminence. Now, Paul writing to Colossians, he was coming against doctrines. We are facing doctrines of devils in these days. Reducing Jesus. Reducing him to what? making Jesus less than he is. And so you had this Gnostic thing where there was a Jewish bit of Jewish and a bit of paganistic and Christian doctrine all mixed up. And what do we find? We find that Paul writes and he says, because this is what they were saying, he's just one of the major angels. Paul said, don't get into the voluntary worship of angels. They said, no, Jesus, you know, he's not God. He's, he's just a superior angelic being. Have you heard people say, great teacher, great prophet? I'm not into Islam. Allah is not my God. Listen to what I'm saying, beloved. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And so when we talk about this, we love the Muslim, we need to preach the gospel to the Muslim. That's what they're crying. Don't listen to what that is. It's God, please show yourself to us. The church needs to preach the gospel to every creature and tell them about Jesus. And Jesus has been appearing to Muslims and appearing to Jewish rabbis and showing them who the real Messiah is. There's a worldwide move and you can go on, you can Google all this stuff. There's a worldwide move. They're even building places where they're putting Islam together with synagogues and churches. A whole one world religion. I'm not into that stuff. I only have Jesus. Well, you're a bigot. You're telling me Jesus is the only way. Yes, Jesus is the only way. I am the way. I am God. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Listen, beloved, we've got to get this thing right. Yes, give him the praise, the praise. Jesus deserves our praise. He paid for us with his blood. Muhammad didn't die for me. Listen to me. Nor did any other leader in the whole synagogue world. I love Jews and the gospel to the Jew first, but they cry too for the Messiah and he has come. Many are standing at the wailing wall. They're wailing for the Messiah to come. He's here already. Glory to Jesus. And Paul says, listen, don't reduce, don't listen to this lot. If anybody preaches any other gospel than what I've preached to you, let him be accursed. There's only one gospel, and it is the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel that the king is here, and he demonstrates his power. The kingdom is here. Jesus, the head of all principality and power. In him dwells the fullness of, of the Godhead bodily. Paul said that God would open the eyes of your understanding that you'd know the hope of his calling and the riches of his inheritance in the saints and that you would know the exceeding, listen to this, the exceeding greatness of his power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him far above all principalities and powers, made him to be head of the church and the devil and all his rubbish under Jesus' feet. The earth is his footstool, uh, is his footstool, and he sits upon the heavens of the earth. It's the Christ of glory. In him dwells the fullness. He's God, my beloved brother, sister, friend. Listen, Jesus is God. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Not just a good prophet, he's God. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And what God's heart is beating for, listen to me, God's heart is beating for his son to be made manifest in the earth like never before. Holy Spirit is grieving as churches are compromising and have lost their first love. We've got to come back to that place where it's all about him. All about him. All about him. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. Remember the hymn writer. These old hymn writers, people don't want to sing those songs anymore. I sing them. Bible says pull out of the old and the new. Those old hymn writers had a revelation of who this beautiful Jesus is. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sin and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. In His name we go right through to the highest authority. We go past the presidents of nations and kings of the earth. And we go straight to the very heart of God. When we come via His blood, the Bible says we enter the very holiest places of God through this precious blood of this wonderful Lamb of God. Anointed, uplifted and glorified having seven eyes and seven horns, which are the seven spirits of God. Christ, the wisdom of God. Christ, the power of God. And so I believe God is listening. And he's saying, my sons and daughters, I want to restore everything the cankerworm, locust, and palm have ever been eaten. You know, somebody sang a song a while ago about get, get us back to true worship. I'm not talking about today, beloved, or anything. I'm just talking about, like Pastor said, I love, I'm going to use that. Apostle, that was good. My worship's dependent on me worshiping, not the team. But is my worship Jesus focused? Do I know who this Jesus is? When I talk about him, when I talk about him, is it Christ that's been revealed to me? Or is it just another teaching I heard? See, let's bow our hearts in prayer. Zeli, can you come to that keyboard? Oh, let's just bow our hearts before him. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Is there a mic for her to sing there? Can she do that? Sorry, I didn't prepare you for this, but I know Sally sings prophetically too. Just press into Jesus. Would you ask God, Father, say, Lord, would you give me a fresh revelation? I know you, I've known in part, I've prophesied in part, but I want to fully know. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, but Lord, I want to speak eyeball to eyeball, face to face like Moses. Face to face shall I behold him far beyond the starry sky, face to face in all his fullness, Jesus. have a song my baby